This is a podcast from Rover. What an absolute treat it is to have on the show. Um, no idea where in the world he is right now, but normally based in the UK. He's coming over for the New Zealand International Comedy Festival uh, for his show, Electric. And uh, you may have seen him on, we get many of the UK UK mm. TV shows over here, Taskmaster UK. Uh, also hosts, a, which we'll chat about in our chat with him, a ridiculously popular podcast called Off the Menu with James Acaster, who's also very funny as well, over 10 million downloads. The one, the only, Ed Gamble. Welcome to the show, oh, mate. Yeah, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, to answer your question. Great. Oh, wow. how, does this, how does this new, uh, well, not really newfound career, but how does this career of you take you around the world? Whereabouts have you been? What are the weirder and more wild places that you've been, uh, excluding New Zealand? Excluding New Zealand. Well, I have been to New Zealand before. I came, I was doing the festival in 2017, which was an absolute joy. Very excited to come back. Um, you know what? Wild places around the world, not too many. I tend to stick to the UK, so it's always exciting to uh, to come over to different parts. Well, you're a pretty busy man. Yeah. You've got enough work going on there. No wonder you don't leave that often. Um, do you remember your first <laughs> comedy gig? Yeah, my first comedy gig uh, was, I mean, I was very young. I was probably like 19 or something, and I decided to enter a stand-up competition uh, for like new comedians because I thought the rules were you had to be a brand new comedian but as it turned out everyone else had been going for about three years uh, and I completely misjudged it uh, didn't do very well in the competition uh, and then couldn't enter again <laughs> you, went to, you went to quite a prestigious school like uh, your education your earlier years I guess your formative years at King's College we've got a King's College here in New Zealand which is not too dissimilar to the one that you went to in the UK uh, obviously your parents had high hopes for you you went on to university and then at some stage you said to them, you know what, I'm just going to hang out with a bunch of uh, heavy drinkers and uh, people that don't aren't really happy <laughs> yeah. with life, but make everybody else laugh. What did they think of your career choice? And, and at what point did they go, okay, sweet, we're not going to have to support him for the rest of his life and he's not going to live in our basement? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. What I'd say about the heavy drinking situation is that everyone in the UK, regardless of what industry they're in, <laughs> are heavy drinkers. Uh, it just depends what, what sort of job they're in as to what drink they can afford. Um, so I th- I'm sure they had better aspirations for me in terms of uh, buying more expensive booze. Um, but they're very supportive, to be honest. My mum particularly very supportive. My, my dad is like a, a lawyer. He's been a lawyer for his whole life. Um, so I think he sort of kept a distance when I said I was going to be a comedian and just thought, I'll see how that works out. Although he still, he still will say to me, where's this going? <laughs> It's funny. Price from our breakfast show gets the same thing from his uh, old man, and he's been doing the breakfast show for over fifteen years. He's like, I think we can call it a career now, Dad. Yeah, we're well, past it. Yeah. Do you feel? Like you, do you almost feel like you've got a bit of a, you know, like almost a little bit of arm's length because your dad's a lawyer? So in terms of where you get into trouble, would be in and around defamation or saying something that you shouldn't say. Do you kind of feel like you've just got this yeah. little a little joker up your sleeve where you can just go? Here's my dad's card. Give him a call. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's not his sort of specialist uh, ah. specialist area of law, so I don't think he could help me at all. Although, I think he nearly sued me once, you know, because <laughs> I did a routine about him the first time I ever did a TV gig in the UK. And I never did it when I did it live, but on, when I did it on the TV, I panicked and looked right down the cam- camera and said his full name and job. <laughs> Lawyers love that, eh? They love it. This is, this is this is your dad, the cat guy, right? The cat guy, yeah. That's the, a, a whole new routine about him in uh, in my previous show. Yeah, the guy who uh, emails uh, the vet within the character of the cat. So all the emails <laughs> to the vet come come from the cat. 
and he's a very serious man most of the time. But when it comes to that cat, he just turns into a complete softy. It's so good. It's, it's comedy something that you grew up in and around, like you, like your old man. Although incredibly serious, incredibly smart, sounds like a very funny guy. Like he can obviously find humour in everything. Is it something like? Is that a family trait, or is it something that you've just uh, sort of picked up from being around different people? Yeah, I think it's a, a mixture of both, really. Like, both my mum and my dad are funny, but I wouldn't say, like, they, they're not sort of comedian funny. But, um, but you know, I grew up around watching comedy and going to stand-up very early, going to see gigs when I was, like, 15 or 16. I was just immediately obsessed with it because I'm not really a sports guy, so I decided I'm going to have to pick something, my sports, geek sports. <laughs> do, do you remember the moment where you go, ooh, shit, might be something in this. I can pay the bills with this. Yeah, I think so. I, I I think that came sort of fairly late on, just because I was really enjoying it. And I think you have to you have to love it, and you because the first few years you're getting no money from it. You're traveling everywhere. You're losing money most weekends. <laughs> so I, I think I think if you don't enjoy it at that point, then why are you doing it? I think you must be absolutely insane. And then slowly but surely, you start earning a bit of money from it, and uh, and you realize that it could be your job, which is a ridiculously lucky situation to be in. I don't know how much it costs in uh, in, this, in the UK to go through university, but you studied philosophy, if I'm if I'm correct. And is that one of those ones that gave you a little bit of mental elasticity to go? Well, I know how far I can push this because I actually know the topic inside and out, and you know how far those boundaries are. Because some of the some of the greats, and we've had a lot of them um, come through recently, are so so quick with their not only wit but their intellect that you're left feeling dumb whilst laughing at yourself. <laughs> Well, I would first of all, I would say my shows are the opposite of uh, philosophical or intellectual. <laughs> I may have studied philosophy, but I do not use that in my uh, jokes at all. But the the only thing I would say about studying philosophy is it, it, it teaches you to build an argument, and that's all stand up is: it's building an argument, but then occasionally talking about farts as well. <laughs> Which we all bloody love. You know, there's always going to be a home run. <laughs> you just, you, as soon as you say the word fart, we laugh to you. Oh, God. This is the caliber of individual no, I'm talking to. He's got us in the palm of the hand. No, you're my, that's my audience. I'm excited to get to New Zealand. I want I want a room full of you guys. Well, mate, we've got a pretty few hundred thousand listen to this right now. Um, speaking of large numbers, we mentioned it briefly at the start of the chat. Um, your podcast, Off the Menu, has now had over 100 million downloads. How did that come about? Well, I, I've always been obsessed with food um, and me and James Acaster, who I host it with, uh, just used to talk about food all the time. Our friendship was based on sending each, other's, uh, each other picture, pictures of meals. Um, so we just thought, why not subject everyone else to this as well and uh, see if we can earn some money out of our friendship? Uh, and, and that's how it worked out. And it seems to be going pretty well. It's 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 well revered. You've had some uh, some high caliber conversations. One probably uh, more notable is your your friendship with the one and only who's an idol of mine, Jamie Oliver, the Naked Chef, uh, and you managed to get him nuded up, I believe. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he started talking about his uh, his underwear that he loves wearing, and it wasn't a pr- promotion or anything, but he was just talking about these these underwear. I mean, I'll say it on the radio. They're called sacks. Uh, and uh, they have an innovative uh, pocket at the front to uh, to store all the equipment. Um, and we were sort of, you know, laughing along, thinking it was quite weird that Jamie Oliver was talking about his underwear. Uh, and then we were recording the outro after we'd done the interview. So he'd left, uh, and then suddenly he came in while we were recording the outro, holding his 
underwear. Uh, and he went, oh, right, yeah, yeah. So if you just look in there, and he opened up the pants, and he was like, just have a look in there. You can see the pocket. And I sort of reached in. He went, no, don't, don't reach in. I've just taken those off in the toilet. <laughs> it's so good. Are they, are they adjustable for summer? Can you, like, loosen them up over summer? They're not adjustable. I mean, I, I, I have I bought many pairs. They're genuinely good. Uh, and, you know, m- mine don't need loosening up. They're fine just as they are. <laughs> just like a big old cuddle for your ball sack. <laughs> well, like if yeah. someone was calling them dog bath undies where you chuck everything in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I, was, I was also reading um, that you basically got addicted to barbecuing during lockdown. Everyone sort of found a way to fill their time. Um, you know, when COVID was proper teen off, I know I went through 10 kgs of flour in like two weeks. Mm. I'd done more bacon than what I'd done in my whole life. Um, you sort of uh, probably picked a better one because buddy barbecue f- food's still um, oh, well, far more tasty. Uh, is it still an addiction? Yeah, it is. I mean, I do less of it now. I mean, I, I'd say it got to the point in, in lockdown where it was uh, probably a, a red flag mental health-wise because I was doing it about seven days a week. Um, so... It, it was a lot of barbecuing and my wife started to just lose her mind. But I, I, bought, I bought this fancy barbecue at the beginning and just absolutely went for it. And I thought I was living my best life. Um, and then my wife sent me a picture of me barbecuing just and it was raining and I was outside in my pajamas looking down into a fire and I'd grown a moustache and it just looked like the ma- a man who'd completely broken down. Oh my god! So good! Which barbecue did you get? Massive barbecue community that listens to the show and we absolutely love it. All, uh, all of us except for Showboss Tiggs who you've probably been chatting with has got a barbecue. Uh, Big Westy Lee loves it. He's in. He's in the barbecue he's alumni. Got five barbecues yeah. just held up his yeah. hand. Duncan's. Uh, Duncan's a Great. qualified barbecue judge, and uh, I'm one of those real lazy pricks that just got themselves a Traeger, and I just sit it on my phone and piss off and do something else. <laughs> Nice. Oh, I've got like a big like ceramic one, a Camado Joe, uh, yeah, thing nice. with the big the big red ceramic one. So I just spent hours and hours and hours teaching myself how to do it. Would you know quite often sit there for you know ten, twelve hours next to the barbecue doing a brisket or something, and then and then finding out I completely ruined it, and <laughs> then back to the drawing board. <laughs> Isn't that the way of brisket? It gives me soul destroying. Yeah, you put you put 12, 13 hours on the grill, then you wrap it, and then have it in a chili bin yeah. in a towel, like a newborn that you're trying to save for another ten yeah. hours just to pull it apart and go. That's pastrami at best, hundred percent pastrami. <laughs> yeah, awful. Awful stuff. Has but that's the, life. Has the barbecue meat got super expensive over there? Because once the scene took off over here, all those shit cuts of meat just got really, really bloody expensive. Yeah, that's happened with with all meat, hasn't it? Like suddenly, every you know, even with like chicken, people are talking about chicken thighs being better because they're cheaper cuts. And then suddenly, everyone goes, "Oh, well, we'll buy chicken thighs then." And then it's only the rubbish breast that you can get. It's look, I wasn't expecting to talk about the economy of meat on on the radio, but there we are. It's happening. Hey, just before you go, uh, we've just got a couple more questions. Do you prefer Do you prefer the TV stuff over the live comedy, or is there just nothing like the rush of standing up in front of a bunch of people and not knowing where it's going to go? It's def- definitely the live is is why I do it, uh, and uh, I like doing TV. There's like, I, but I only do things that I like the sound of and that I enjoy. And the good, the best thing about TV is it sells tickets for the live show. Yeah. So that's I, I'm all I'm all about doing the stand up. Uh, and Ed Gamble, when's the last time you've been in a casino? <laughs> oh, I'm see, uh, this, this is, uh, and I say this sentence a lot, 
And it's the most boring thing that I say. My name is Gamble, but I don't necessarily enjoy gambling. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I've given up. I had a real bad, rough, uh, rough run, you know. Yeah. Almost lost the house. Yeah, here it is. She's 12. He's a 12 stepper. He actually was leaning in to see if you got a spare room while you're here, just so you can get a bit of space for the miso. You'll be the Sky City, won't you? Those are big rooms. Yeah. You probably let me hang out on your couch a bit, mate. Have a bit of a punt. I'm not, I'm not staying there. They're not putting me up there. Oh, jeez. No, the most the most I gamble is on uh, is on a brisket for twelve hours. Yeah, no, bloody good. Which is more heartbreaking than actually feeding a pokies machine, in my opinion. But <laughs> hey, each to their own. Thank you very much, mate. Hey, New Zealand International Comedy Festival, uh, Electric, sixth of May, Sky City, two shows, seven and nine tickets, pretty much sold out for that. So there's a few left, and then ninth of May, Tuesday night, at shed six from six till seven. Thank you very much, guys. Mate, go well, go long. See you when you're here.